Hey guys, welcome to Jakku's broadcast. Um, I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And um, today we're going to be doing something different. Um, we invited Ty Black of um, Wit and Folly on YouTube and the What the Force podcast. We wanted to bring Ty on because she's had videos on The Dark Crystal. And I'm a huge fan of like the What the Force podcast and the Wit and Folly YouTube channel, which you should all subscribe to. And like she really digs deep on Star Wars related content and specifically towards like the sequel trilogy stuff. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about um, the Dark Crystal and the movie Your Name and it's their relation to the sequel trilogy. And um, because I feel like there's a lot of concepts that are like there's the so same. much. There's They're similar. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for coming on, Ty. Um, we w we just wanted to ask what your like favorite Star Wars character is and what's your favorite movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, thank you, Melissa and Daniela, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, my favorite Star Wars character. I've been thinking about this like all day since I knew this was gonna be a thing. <laughs> um, I, I think my favorite Star Wars character is Kylo Ren or Ben Solo, only yes. because. <laughs> of where his like where his journey is going um if if you know if we were to say like right now i would say ray but for where kylo is going and his redemption arc is going that's probably going to end up being my favorite character and i'm kind of basic in this in this whole thing uh my favorite movie is the last jedi hands down 100 percent. i'm not going to try to be unique or different or weird i'm <laughs> very typically raylo you know, yes. so amazing. <laughs> so, Last Jedi is, Last Jedi is what got me started to you know on making videos and talking about this um, in depth in the first place. So, do you think the Rise of Skywalker will be your favorite after it comes out? I don't know. I usually actually like the second movies in trilogies. Um, that's something that's always been a pattern for me because it. I like angst. I like lots and lots of angst. Yes. So. Angst. I'm a, yes, I'm totally for angst as well. So I'm so glad we have that in common. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's going to be amazing. I, I, I don't doubt JJ at all. JJ's made some of my favorite movies. Um, so I think it's going to be great. But I don't know if it can top The Last Jedi. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to be an amazing film that I, that I truly love. I think the sequel trilogy is going to be my favorite trilogy of all time. Yeah, like the same. Yeah, same for me. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like the Last Jedi kind of touched on so many aspects that, like, you like maybe movies have touched on it before, but I've never actually looked deep into them until watching the Last Jedi and reading what everybody says about it and listening to podcasts. Like the whole Ray's Ray's journey in the Last Jedi is pretty much like my favorite mm -hmm. because it's like it. It's just so good. You know what I mean? It's it's, no, it's definitely I, pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Like when I watched The Force Awakens, you know, it was like, I guess you could say, like, yeah, it's a typical Star Wars movie, you know, just because it was bringing in all these, like, oldie kind of feelings. But then The Last Jedi was, like, a real, like, boundary pusher. Like, you, you would never expect it to go that way. And I guess that's why it's so unique and so interesting. And divisive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget that. <laughs> 
It's like people were like, I want a different Star Wars. And they were so excited for Ryan Johnson to bring a different Star Wars take. And then once he did, they were like, not like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're like, oh, the, the Force Awakens is too much like the New Hope. You know, it's just a New Hope 2.0. I want something different. And then The Last Jedi comes out like, no, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much Yes. I regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> JJ will save us all. Mm-hmm. All right. So also spoiler disclaimer here. Uh, we'll, we'll be discussing some spoilers as we go throughout each movie. Um, just the ones that we've seen coming out so far. Any leaks, spoilers. So if you don't want to hear that, please turn away. Just cover your ears or turn away. Don't don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Or um, also, if you haven't watched Dark Crystal or your name, we're also we're also going to be talking about those movies pretty deep in depth. So, okay. Okay, so your name is pretty much a story about a boy and a girl. Um, and they swap bodies, and through the body swapping, they discover that um, they discover like themselves, and they discover the other person's lives because um the girl pretty much she lives in a small town and she doesn't want to live there anymore she kind of wants to live in the city so she's her body she she swaps bodies with a boy who lives in the city and through that they kind of like get to know each other's lives and stuff and they're they can basically like body swap back and forth and they yeah. can communicate through, like, some sort of messaging system, like, on their phone, some sort of, like, app, I think. Yeah, because they yeah. can only, because they, they, when they go to sleep, they wake up in the, like, back before, or they wake up in the, either back in their own body, or they wake up in the other person's body every time they go to sleep, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, and then they'll yeah. see the message on their, on their yeah. phone. And there's yeah. a supernatural twist to the story, which is kind of like, there's a comet that's coming and basically the comet brings some destruction <laughs> to um the girl's town and through then Taki who is a boy he tries to save them cuz he kind of forgets about what happened and then he um but he knows there's something like through the story Mitsuha and Taki who, um they both kind of they always feel like they're missing something and it's because they're technically like they're missing each other because they forget. So um, yeah, and then there's an adventure where um, Taki has to help Mitsuha, who um, is three years back in the f- in the past. Um, ha- they he helps her um, basically save her town, right? Because mm-hmm. the comets when when she tells him about this comet he kind of like remembers like something about it so yeah. he researches it on the computer and he realizes that the comet actually destroys her town that was 3 years ago mm-hmm. and that's when the twist happens that's when you realize like oh my gosh they're not in the same timeline mm-hmm. they're in a different timeline and then that's like the whole supernatural like twist happens and you're like what the heck <laughs> I literally did not expect that. I was like, my mouth was agape. Like, I couldn't, I, I didn't hear this, I didn't read the summary at all. So I was kind of going into this with like a blind, like with no idea. 
And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah, I knew something weird was going on with the time because there were flash there were flashes and I don't and I don't want to say flash forwards or flashbacks because it could have been either. And it was where they would see each other and they would like try to stop each other. Or there was some kind of like there was one part where they're they were on the train together and she saw him or he saw her and it happened at some point in the timeline, but the other didn't know the other one. So I knew there was something weird going on with the time, but the comet being a kind of anchor for the story, that was really interesting. That was a really good twist, I think. And it was like beautiful visually, like mm-hmm. whenever the comic was comet was coming down, I was like, wow, this is so pretty. I can't believe people talk down on anime. Yeah, and then it's something so beautiful, like kills so many people and it it, they actually did a very good job in showing kind of the destruction and how terrible and awful it was really tugged at your heartstrings um how just how bad it was um but then seeing it in the sky and seeing how beautiful it was and having it kind of represent their fate to to find each other it's a weird juxtaposition (laughs) even um even the grandmother of what was her name Matsua's grandma mm-hmm. kind of knew I guess about the body swapping in a way like when she told her about it she's kind of like yeah that we've had dreams me and your mother also had these dreams and I wonder if like it, it happened to them too she's basically saying so I wonder if maybe something was trying to warn them before about the comet yeah but I guess the- maybe I guess you could say like maybe they were like chosen ones in a way Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm giving you these visions. Line. Because Taki, whenever he hears the grandma, because he's in Mitsua's body whenever the grandma realizes that they swapped bodies, um, basically Taki's like, oh, so um, they must have, her whole family must have been getting these or these uh, warnings that um, the comet was going to destroy the town. So mm-hmm. that was interesting like i was saying maybe like they're the chosen ones and they're supposed to kind of like save the town like the previous uh generations mm-hmm. but it's not until like these two people which i'm curious like okay let's say if the other her mom and her grandmother was was having these dreams and visions did they also body swap like do they also have like I another person so. they swapped with but yeah. it's not until like taki and mitsua came about like that's when they took it seriously and that's maybe when they that's when the comet actually came because there was this lake in the town that was also created by something hitting it. Yeah, there was another comet. Mm-hmm. Like a thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like the comet had hit, like that area was very prone to comets, it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and I think, you know, to make like a Star Wars comparison with like kind of the reincarnation stuff. I mean, this is obviously like a family line, like, What's her name? Miss Mitsua. She, like, she comes from a line of people that like grew up in this in this area, practicing these traditions, you know, passing down information about you know about their town, about their culture, and so she, she, she has that in her, like it's inside of her. Whereas, like with Star Wars, you know, you have like Anakin and Padme, and there's that reincarnation theory that Ben and Ray might be Anakin and Padme reincarnated and the idea is like they like they've passed down this knowledge that's like deep 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 inside of them kind of like the avatar and they 
they're their own person, but it is now in history that they can finally, they 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 were, they were passing down this information this whole time for this purpose. Like this is the reason why, it's to stop this comet. So, and and on top of that, you get like the time, the time the timeline missing each other and like the weird overlap. Um, it just means yes. yeah. It's like love can love can solve anything. It can right. break barriers through time. But but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of weird things there. Yeah, I found that super interesting because also Mitsuwa's her uh or her family on her grandmother's side, which is her maternal side, they they practice this cultural thing called musubi, which is they tie some thread and the grandma whenever they ask or whenever she which it's i think it's taki through uh mitsuwa's body like he learns her culture that way and they're tying some thread and um the grandma basically says that tying thread is is musubi and connecting people is musubi and the flow of time is musubi and that these are all god's powers and through the tying of the thread she says that the braids converge take shape twist tangle unravel break and connect again and um that's kind of like a basically a summary of what happens in the timeline of your name and Mm -hmm. i feel like in star wars you can also say that if you think of musubi as the force basically Mm -hmm. you and the way the time works um you can make a connection there through that because yeah she also says when a person consumes something and it joins their soul that's musubi and like basically the concept of musubi you can easily understand it if you think of it as like the force you know because everything um is the force everything is touched by the force and um yeah i thought that was really like obviously star wars has a lot of eastern culture influences and stuff so i thought that that was like a fun connection there yeah. through those two movies. Well, and a lot of people, you know, the, a lot of people that are consuming Star Wars are consuming it from like a Western perspective. So looking at something like your name can really explain a lot about the ideas of fate, about love, about reincarnation, about time, um, this flow through everything. It's like something that's like very much deep into Asian like ancient uh, religion and whatnot. And the, the interest, like I know we talked about it on What the Force, uh, Hammy came on to What the Force to talk about the idea of the red string of fate. Yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, and that, that's kind of, you know, what we're seeing here in your name is we're seeing they, they, it's very, very much visual. It's very much involved in the theme. They're, when they're tying thread, they're doing it, I think they're doing it with red thread. Um, and yeah red yeah. and blue yeah yeah and oh and that's interesting too because red and blue uh there's like a thing in korean culture where the bride and the groom are red and blue and it's like a rhyme that they have so again it's going back to this idea that it, it's fate basically uh, these two people were even though they were born at different times or even that they, they, they had this journey at different times they still were meant to be together in order to kind of solve this problem. Um, And that's so Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, like, 
if you're thinking of it it, in reincarnation terms which there's a great episode of what the force on reverse on nidala they just released Mm -hmm. it like last week i think it's it's like two hours and it's like a great way to like get yourself to like know this theory or whatever but Mm -hmm. if we're thinking of it in reincarnation terms like whenever she says the grandma says that the braids converge they take shape they twist they tangle they unravel they break and connect again you can think of it as like vader or anakin and padme's journey like they come together and then they like actually get together and they're a couple and then there's all these things that help that have them break uh, essentially and then they kind of they would connect again through ben and ray if you yeah yeah i think that's a beautiful way of looking at it because that's such a poetic thing in your name it's so it's so poetic and the way that it ends up weaving into the plot um (laughs) like the part where he drinks the sake yes that's i i lost it i i i started bawling (laughs) i do want to talk about that actually because um the grandma actually um she describes that as going into like i think going into they there's this sacred area where their god their god's body is i think and yeah yeah um they say that whenever you go through there you go into the underworld which is called kakuria kakuria i'm sorry um i'm not japanese and um, (laughs) i tried my best okay so um basically um she says in exchange for returning to this world which i think she means like the actual like living world you must leave behind what is most important to you the kuchi kamisake which is half of you Mm -hmm. and so basically it's like you must go to the underworld to offer like half of you to come back to this world and again if you're thinking of it in like reincarnation terms for star Mm -hmm. wars it's kind of like whenever vader sacrificed himself for his son he actually sacrificed his um life and obviously that's an important part of it well whether Mm -hmm. vader is actually living is arguable but um, yeah but basically um he like i think when it comes to reincarnation theory the theory is that through vader's sacrifice like vader was obviously trying to revive padme his whole time as uh, vader but um whenever he finally let go and he like let he basically sacrificed himself for luke Mm -hmm. um he was able, like, he gave up something so that, um, basically what the Force would do would, like, bring him and Padme back eventually. Yeah. Like, all he had to do was sacrifice himself for someone that he loved in order to bring Padme back. Like, and he couldn't just, like, find a way to bring her back. He actually had to die. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, when they mentioned going into the underworld, I'm like, this is some Star Wars yeah. stuff, like... <laughs> This is Star Wars The Last Jedi, isn't it? Yeah. No, definitely. That really got to me. Like, that was, to me, kind of the Star Wars, like, that that felt very Star Wars to me as well. Um, And he goes to that place. He drinks the sake, and they show the red string again. Um, And I don't remember if they show... Oh, and it's... Yeah. Do they show it breaking or, like, reconnecting or something? I think they show it, like, reconnecting. Yeah, and then he, whenever he drinks it he basically it's basically like him looking at 
her life so yeah. if you think of how whenever ray touches the saber and she essentially sees the skywalker life like the skywalker family what important events that impacted their lives to get to where they are at that point in the force awakens um basically it's kind of the same thing because you see whenever her mom gets sick and the parents um the dad and the grandmother fighting and Mm -hmm. all that stuff you see like the most important parts of her life so it's kind of like um i think that's pretty like cool you know yeah and the part okay so i wanted just to say this real quick because like the saki thing like in my head i'm like replaying it all and i'm like wow so she like the main the main character of your name the way she creates the sake uh, we probably should have touched on this too is that she used her own spit like her own saliva this is like something that's in a lot of traditions all over the all over the world your saliva has like something in it that can ferment uh starches so that your your saliva basically it creates that fermentation process so that it breaks down starches and eats the sugars to make it into alcohol um, and that's how this like tradition like they would shoot they would do that so she would like spit into the the sake basically to make the sake she'd use her own spit so when he drinks it he's drinking her like he's actually drinking like her saliva <laughs> yeah um, her DNA yeah um, and I remember watching that and like that's why I lost it was because it was so intimate it was almost like kissing her you know, if you want to get like really weirdly symbolic with it. Um, but it was, it was, he, they, they were, they were kissing and that this is, they were kissing through time and take that however you will with, you know, Star Wars and like what could possibly happen with a great space kiss, you know, <laughs> he could the, bring the, the balance but, to the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird one, but I had a really big, like, tinfoily hat theory. Like, what if Rey is actually on a different timeline than Kylo? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be, like, the biggest twist? <laughs> it's a fun way to watch the sequel trilogy right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's symbolically, um, he is kind of in a different time because he's living, he's living as Ben, but he's covering up covering up as kylo so the mask being kylo being in the underworld yeah it, it there is that kind of flow of time and space and reality there that you can really mess around with hmm. like similar to the last jedi and mm-hmm. the relationship between kylo and ray um whenever they start body swapping um it's really interesting because Ataki has this crush on um, a girl that works at the restaurant with him and basically whenever um, Mitsuha whenever she's in his body like um, she really gets along with the waitress that works with them and the waitress says that she never knew you had a a feminine side so I think that's interesting too because also Mitsuha like her life whenever Taki is in her body like she has a coolness to her that like everyone ends up like falling in love with her like they um she realizes that a girl has fallen in love with her and um (laughs) whenever she comes back to her body and i like how like the swapping of the bodies kind of like the feminine and the masculine stuff that's like very prevalent in the sequel trilogy and they're both better for it because Mm -hmm. they are able to like 
I mean, they are kind of forcibly able to embrace this stuff, but like they still do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if like in the last or in the Rise of Skywalker, like we see like a scene where like Ben accidentally does something a little bit too soft, like just a little <laughs> bit too soft. And he realizes that like Ray is still inside of him because of their like connection like it would be a really cool thing to mess around with like visually or in the dialogue or something but that'd be pretty not cool. that not that ben's not already a soft boy but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think there were some um i don't know if these are real but i think i read something that the knights of ren they kind of get at him for not being able to kill ray or something yeah but it's i'm not like, sure how oh, real that is that's how they i think <laughs> that's how they take him to like go repair his mask because like they kind of don't agree with how he's been like treating ray i guess and they're like we gotta we gotta reinforce his dark side let's go take his helmet and let's put it back together <laughs> i think that's kind of the gist oh, of boy. the rumor oh yeah, boy I, that's funny that's funny to think about like um they're like bro you need to get your head out of your cockpit and like <laughs> murder her yeah like come on bro bros before <laughs> bros before hoes <laughs> Yeah. I like thinking of the Knights of Reiner as these, like, frat boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and um, another thing with the sequel trilogy in your name is, uh, like I've already said, Taki and Mitsuha, like, they're always thinking that they're missing something. So Mitsuha, like, she feels, she says that at the beginning of the story, that she's always searching for something, for someone. She feels like there's something part of her that's missing and then there's Taki once um once he forgets all about what happened between him and Mitsuha like because he goes on the road trip to try to find her and then he realizes that she's lived in the past but then he like totally forgets everything about her but he also feels like he's missing something and they're connected by a literal thread like at first it's Mitsuha's her um her hair tie or some her hair tie yeah and then she exchanges it she gives it to Taki because she goes on the subway to go meet with him and what happens is he doesn't recognize her because it's three years too early for them and she exchanges the hair tie and she gives it to him and then he wears it as a a bracelet and and then whenever there's a part where they're meeting it's very like supernatural and like spiritual and they're meeting at twilight which is said to be when the world blurs and one might encounter something that's not human so Mm -hmm. whenever he goes to the crater area where um the town was destroyed he basically goes and drinks the sake then he goes and whenever the sun goes down and it's twilight or whatever they're basically like able to finally like meet each other face to face even though they're kind of on different timelines they exchange the uh red string again because at this point they've already realized that they've they're living on different timelines and Taki's like I've held this for three years I am gonna give it to you and then for later or whenever they meet again and that was so like awesome like visually like showed that to us you know what I mean that they're like mm-hmm. meant to be together I totally think that that whole like crater area where they both meet I totally feel like that has some like world between worlds kind of vibes exactly yeah because like it's where space and time kind of like kind of mix together and both of them could see each other 
and even though they're on different times and just talk and i don't know it just gave me those really like world between world vibes and i was like oh my god this is this is getting into it so i really liked that part yeah that's another thing about kind of the way that they talk about time in kind of these you know asian stories is that it's not time travel right like a lot of people say like oh in star wars well they have time travel now because we have the world between worlds and you know i think pablo or not or uh, not pablo uh filoni dave dave filoni yeah he said like it's not time travel (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's almost explicitly said that it's not time travel and and that's what it is essentially it's like what we get in your name it's this ability to look through and affect other periods of time but it's not time travel in a literal way and that's like that's difficult for, pe- for people to understand. Again, it's kind of the idea of going back to like reincarnation. It's not literally the soul travels from from person to person, therefore changing the person. You still have personhood. Like the person's different. It's just that there's something inside of them that can be awakened. It can know a previous life. It can know a previous person. But it doesn't make that person the same person. Yeah, I like your tweet about it on Twitter. I think you tweeted about it that like yeah. how people think that like literal reincarnation means that they're like that Ray is not an actual person and that it's actually Padme and it's like that's not really <laughs> what like it's kind of right. like you still have free will to do whatever you want. Yeah. Ray and Kylo have the option to like kill each other for all we care, but like that's yeah. not what the story is going to do because we're trying to solve this issue, you know what I mean? Exactly exactly if this is true and they're like reincarnated padme and anakin weren't the first ones like i think right yeah that's what i think yeah it would kind of apply yeah that they weren't the first ones yeah 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 in my view it's kind of like the force has been trying to get this right for so long but they (laughs) the people have had their own choices and they've chosen for like things to go wrong for like whether they knew it or not like anakin so I guess, yeah. like, when you have, like, the rays snapping all in line, like, we, that would kind of imply, like, I guess that seemed kind of imply, like, yeah, there were people before you. Like, the Avatar type of thing. Yeah, that's exactly how I always thought about it. I thought, you know, the Force, like you said, the Force has been trying to get this right for so long, but these, but these people have been making their own decisions for themselves, and they haven't been able to properly see the truth. And until now, until Ray and Ben have connected and they've had this this similarity and angst and in the way that they see the world, they're connecting in a different way than Padme or or Anakin could, and who knows who else before them. And I find it really interesting that Taki and Mitsuha, if from like your name, they um they're like completely different, like basically Mitsuha is living in a small town and Taki is living a big city in Tokyo like one of the biggest cities in the the world and or at least population wise and um it's interesting because they get to know each other through each other's bodies so that they kind of like they have to they're forced to kind of understand each other's lives kind of and I think again to go back to reincarnation um basically so padme was a princess or she was a queen and a literal queen from royal she was royalty and anakin was this like desert slave and um 
basically reincarnation they swapped places because yeah. kylo who is anakin in this store in this scenario like he's now the prince and the royalty and ray is um she was a slave who like basically got herself out of that situation but she was then a scavenger and like you know have having to work constantly and being in the desert and everything so it's kind of like they're under like in this time they'll understand each other whereas um padme and um anakin they kind of didn't click that way if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely i've always i've always looked at it like that like when i try to explain to people like that ray is not like luke like she's not supposed to be a mirror image or like kind of a flip gender flip of luke she's supposed to be like anakin um and in those in those areas of the story where she is an basically an orphan and she's uh living in the desert and she's working on her own and she's kind of pulling herself through the world but she's special and like her her struggles are different but she comes from a same a similar place i think is the that's the point yeah there's a there's a lot of weird layers Oh, yeah. And then we also have the force bond, which forces them to, like, see each other's side because they're literally, aren't they? Yeah. I feel like they're probably literally in each other's heads. I'm not sure how that works, but um, at least during the point where they do the hand touch, I think that there, there was an understanding there that they um, hadn't had before. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, when they and touched. they actually yeah. literally looked at each other's, he- in each other's heads whenever they did the interrogation scene. Yeah, and so the idea of, like, there's that whole thing of where he saw her past, but she saw his future. Mm. That's another, like, yeah. weird comparison with, like, your name. With yeah. how they were experiencing the past and the future. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. That's I crazy. That's just true. See? I told you there were different timelines. <laughs> <laughs> I was right this whole time. Yeah. Like, where their mind is at is, like, Kylo is saying like let the past die but he can't let go of the past and like ray is looking at the future looking at like what things can be it's interesting they're both living in different places in their heads yeah definitely yeah i really can't wait to see how um how this is the story is going to end for them like Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm like I'm kind of like hard-headed about reincarnation like I feel like <laughs> literal reincarnation is definitely happening and I think there's kind of enough evidence to kind of back it up yeah like uh the number one for me is I think Corsica she uh, she uncovered well it was the interview with Bill Moyers and uh essentially george said that he wanted to get anakin back to being a little kid like he was before and yeah it's like well you didn't do that with your first two trilogies um george so um i'm holding on to hope that that's where they're going for the sequel trilogy and if it's even if it's just kind of like symbolic i i feel like we kind of already have that so it's it'll just be like you know, it'll be nice, I guess. I, I won't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll. I guess I'll complain a little. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, yeah. See, I'm hard headed about it because I'm like, this yeah. is definitely happening. There's well, it's no like way that now this- that you've talked so much about it and have you know dissected this to like no end. Now you kind of just expect it. Like, hey, this is what's yeah. gonna happen because you know it just makes sense to you now. You know, and that makes sense in general. 
I fear I'll have the same fate as a Ray Skywalker fan, but who knows? I don't think so because there's more evidence for this than Ray Skywalker, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought about this like tremendously over the past year. Like it it really has hit my head really hard. Um but I've kind of gotten past it a little bit because at the end of the day, like I just look at kind of, you know, what Disney is trying to do with the story, like what they would try to do with the story and thinking about how like simply JJ and Kathleen Kennedy, the kinds of movies that they've made before, they don't, they don't like, (laughs) the only way for them to go is what we're basically saying. It's going to end in love. It's going to end in hope. It's going to end, you know, Ray has to get her space kiss. Like, there's just certain <laughs> yes. things that have to happen because of the track record of of JJ and and Kathleen Kennedy. Like honestly, yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel like I'll be happy with the ending. I'm not saying that the, the whole sequel trilogy is gonna be ruined. <laughs> what happened? It's Disney. They're um, obviously it'll only kind of yeah. be ruined, but <laughs> they're obviously gonna go like a really like happy ending route. Like it's Disney. Everyone's been saying it's a satisfying movie. Um, there's no way it's gonna end in like tragedy this time. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... It, we had our tragedy with uh, the prequels. We had our kind of... Uh, it was kind of a fun, campy movie with the, with the with the original trilogy. But now we're going to get a traditional comedy, which ends in marriage, ends in happiness. Like, that's going to be how we... That's, that's going to be the ending of the Skywalker saga. It has to be. Also, I always felt that it was kind of like... You know, the redemptions... I've been thinking about this a lot because of Billy and Stranger Things. Sorry if you haven't watched Stranger Things. I, I, I've, um, seen, I've seen what happens. I, I haven't watched the third season, but I've seen like kind of the progression on my Twitter feed. <laughs> and I just feel like it's kind of... I feel like Vader should have had like the ability to atone for what he's done and to apologize to leia and all those han who he also basically he froze in carbonite and all that stuff like he never had a chance he his last words were literally um tell your sister you were right about me and i feel like that's a something that's been unexplored Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people just kind of dismiss it as, oh, George just wasn't thinking. He just didn't care about that, really. He, it was just all about Luke. And I think for the whole Skywalker family to be happy. And also, there's the whole thing about Padme. She kind of, like, just dies. Yeah. And I don't think it was a mistake, like, how she died. But I think that it definitely leaves for, like, you want there to be more to her story. Like, what happened to her? She's the strong woman who, like... She loved so much and wasn't scared to die. She just wanted her family, her kids to her kid to be happy. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of threads that this could help tie up. You know what I mean? That are just yeah. kind of like doesn't make sense. Like Leia and Vader never really got on and all that stuff. So yeah, I think yeah. that if uh, if we're saying you know that Ben is kind of like a reincarnated Anakin, or they only have some ties then if this next movie kind of ties up that thread with Ben and his mom in a way that also kind of solves the part of, yeah, Anakin never really made amends with his daughter, Leia. So, I mean, that kind of, like, comes makes it come full circle if they actually kind of resolve that whole thing with Ben and his mother. Which, of yeah. course, would be interesting for JJ to do because, you know, he obviously had some 
challenges now that you know um carrie passed away but you know i think if he does some sort of magic you know with his filmmaking he could <laughs> probably make that happen but it's just it'd be really interesting to see how they kind of tie up that loose end because they have to like there's no way that jj would let that go that they're just gonna let like kylo not address like his mother some way you know because it's been like yeah. this lingering problem throughout the whole sequel trilogy you know yeah definitely JJ's too sentimental to let that go. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I think the whole Lucasfilm team is too sentimental. Like, yeah. Um, I think everyone kind of um, realized that the re- the last movie of the trilogy would be with Leia as the main, um, you know, main character from the original trilogy. So, yeah, unfortunately that um, Carrie passed. But I think they it's still going to be one of the driving forces of... Um, the rise of skywalker yeah yeah i agree it's broken can you understand what he's saying i'm not a protocol droid i'm pretty sure that beep is down i sense count dooku is above us oh yes 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 you're right beep is up i think so now that we've talked at length about um your name we should just move on now to talking about The Dark Crystal by Jim Henson and Yoda, a.k.a. Frank Oz. So basically, The Dark Crystal is a very simple um, puppet story where it's kind of like there's a crystal that is cracked. And the there's a cho- there's a prophecy where um, a Gelfling, which is the creature that the main characters are. Um, it's Jen who is the chosen one and there's um, Kira who she she like they didn't even realize that she was still alive because back whenever the prophecy was made um, the Skeksis um, they're basically the let's just compare them to the Sith essentially they're always um, they, they got scared of the Gelflings bringing them down, br- taking their power away. So they killed them all, essentially, except for two. And um, there's the opposite of uh, the Skeksis, who are the mystics. And they are um, kind of these wise, peaceful um, people who um, they're kind of like the Jedi. But um, they're not exactly, but I'm just like for a comparison, you know, and um, basically the Skeksis and the Mystics, like they're connected to each other, essentially, like when one of them dies, there's another, like if a Mystic dies, then there's a Skeksi who also, Skeksi who also dies. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, they're obviously very connected and through the story, um, there's a lot of things that connect it to the sequel trilogy there's literal there's a literal hand touch which mm-hmm. they then share all their path their life with each other through the hand touch which is real fun and <laughs> yeah so when were when did you watch um the dark crystal tie oh <laughs> so it's just so funny i actually had seen it uh like years ago on television like and I, and I thought it was weird and I thought it was creepy and I didn't like watch it again in full and I knew about it like I knew what it was about and everything um and then I went back and I watched it after I watched The Last Jedi I'm not not even gonna lie like uh somebody 
so basically I was researching like weird headcanon uh, for some, for, I think it was for an episode of What the Force that we ended up, I ended up not being a part of, or it was like funny theories. Like I was thinking I was ma- I was thinking about making a video about like really ridiculous Star Wars theories. And this was like at the beginning of me, like kind of doing YouTube and whatnot. And I came across this theory on Reddit, like a thread that was like, Yoda is from the Dark Crystal universe. And I was like, oh, that movie. <laughs> so I went back and I watched the movie because it like their their theory seemed kind of interesting. And this was but this was like kind of reflecting of kind of the original trilogy with Yoda and the idea of the force and the, you know, they, they pointed out the idea of the Sith and the, and um, the Jedi being the Skeksis and the Uru or the mystics. So I went back and I watched the movie and I'm like, Oh my God, the dream fasting. And we're getting into things that are in the sequel trilogy. Now it's not just of the, of the original trilogy. And then the fact that they, uh, combine at the end and and what I was really looking for was an idea of what does it mean because back then we were you know coming right off of the last Jedi one of the biggest questions that I had in my head was what is what is balance like what is the balance like how can you have balance and because they kept repeating it like over and over again in the sequel trilogy the force needs to be balanced well what does that mean and I feel I felt like the Dark Crystal showed us a good example of what it means. So, so yeah, that was a long explanation, but yeah, I I I I watched it after I watched the Last Jedi because oh, and also because uh, Ryan Johnson said that he had uh, watched it as well. So and he said he was a big fan. So that tells us a lot. Yeah, certainly. I feel like. Um... I feel like the story is the same, like not beat for beat, but like most of the important parts of both stories are extremely similar, right? Yeah, well, I think uh, they're like you said. Yeah, it's not beat for beat, but you know when you start watching it, you see like Jen. He's kind of like he's very much like Luke. His even his voice sounds the same as like a young Luke when Luke is introduced to us in A New Hope. So at first I thought, oh, yeah, this is very much like A New Hope. And, oh, here's, like, the hero's journey. And here's, like, you know, it's very Campbellian, call to adventure, rejecting the call, and gathering of allies, crossing into the threshold. Like, all of these things I saw. But then when he met Kira, that's when it started getting into, like, this is not a Luke and Leia relationship, obviously. This is, this is Ben and, and Ray, And this is the love yeah. story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Who was originally called Kira, and that yeah. was by George Lucas. I think George Lucas gave her the name Kira. Yeah, which means which, light, I think, or something. Right. Yeah, something with light. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that is. There is a lot of, of <laughs> interesting similarities between the two. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, the like one of the similarities I think you pointed out in. The, the idea that they're the Skeksis and the Mystics are the Jedi and the Sith. And when I went back into the lore, like after I watched the movie, I went back into the lore or what I call the lore, like the comic, basically the comics and the books that were written 
after the Dark Crystal came out that were trying to expand upon the universe that the Dark Crystal created, they, especially the comics, they described what actually happened. They described the Urskeks coming to that world and how they broke the crystal, like how they split, or they split up and then they broke the crystal, which I think is kind of a, uh, they, they take it, apparently they took a lot of note from Jim Henson's original notes on like the story like the origin story so there were some things that had to happen because the original creator set it up that way um i thought i thought there were some missteps with that like they apparently the urskex split in half and then the crystal was cracked but then when the crystal is put together they combine again so you kind of miss the the original point which the original point was actually that it was their hate and their anger and their, like, it was one of the Urskeks got so angry and so upset and he was so jealous and envious of a, um, what's, uh, of a Gelfling that it ended up splitting himself in two. And then when they split in two, they started fighting. So then when they split in two, the, the mystics and the Skeksis started fighting and then that's when they accidentally cracked the crystal, and that's when they brought kind of this doom to the land. Hmm. So kind of wish they said that in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, kind of missed that part. Me too, because it, it it seems a lot more well in the movie presents it a lot more simply. Uh, the comic when it goes into it, it's like trying to, it's trying to make sense of. Henson's world that he he set up obviously but it's also trying to create this mythology that expounds upon the the film and you know this is it's the same way that Star Wars is told right like just how you said like I wish that was in the movie there's a lot of people that say oh I wish we would have seen you know (laughs) Ray's life prior to the Force Awakens in the movie or whatever it's the same way. That's probably yeah. That's probably what they're gonna go into with this new, uh, the new series coming out for Dark Crystal. Yep. I, they'll probably expand upon that. Dark Crystal, the prequel trilogy. Yeah, and it's so <laughs> funny. It's called like the Age of Resistance, and I'm like, that sounds like such a Star Wars title. I know. I can't believe they went with that. <laughs> right? I'm like, what are you trying to say? They're really not being subtle, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. And that's great. And it, apparently it's it's the Gelflings before they were completely, you know, eradicated by the Skeksis standing up against them. And, and I, I see that as it's definitely going to have like a tragic end because it happens before the film. And obviously at the time of the film, a lot of these people were wiped or a lot of the Gelflings were wiped out. So it's going to be sad, but maybe the illumination that we'll get from it is seeing how... Like, maybe we'll see, like, flashbacks or some kind of understanding that the Gelflings come upon that tell us how the Urskex split that's, you know, that's explained in the comics now. So, at least that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see. Yeah, I think it's so interesting, too, that it's coming out just a few months before the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So it's like, what are we going to find out (laughs) right before the movie? What are they prepping us for? (laughs) I know, like, they're prepping us for something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's obviously, I think I already mentioned that um, obviously Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and um, George Lucas, and I think the producer's name is Gary Kurtz. Yeah. 
Yeah, Gary Kurtz. And they all work together at one point or, or another. So I think um, even if I don't, maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe it was. Um, I think that they have the same similar views on these kinds of things like the 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 dark and the light and all that the the balance and everything and i think with george people weren't really sure what 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 the balance meant through what he told the stories he told you know what i mean yeah but um like i think it's kind of confusing that's why a lot of people are confused at the sequel trilogy they're like okay so what is the balance exactly but um mm-hmm. i think with the dark crystal um jim henson and um that was someone that george lucas looked up to i think mm-hmm. and um also frank oz is obviously yoda so they definitely have um a friendship there um and gary kurtz like i think that since the 80s they kind of um george was a very collaborative person so it makes sense that their ideas would be very similar to each other yeah yeah george didn't create in a vacuum like he very much was open to other people's ideas like things that he experienced in his everyday life like were plopped into his create his creations and with having like the dark crystal be created like as he was you know kind of creating his saga that affected him greatly and and the dark crystal the origin of it like the inspiration of it doesn't come from the same place as star wars it comes from and oh my god i knew i should have looked this up before we got started but it was uh it was a book that it was basically uh and i'll I'll summarize this and i can like i can provide you the link at a different time but anybody that looks it up can find it very easily basically it it was a book that was like a spiritual conversation with it was like this this uh it was a supposed to be like somebody basically had this spiritual conversation with a spirit and they wrote it down and this person and this this spirit basically told them a lot of the secrets of life and like i said i don't exactly remember what the name of of it was but um but but the book is basically the person's name that they talked to and it's very weird (laughs) But it all it comes down to, it comes down to the same things that, like, Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell have always been talking about, where you cannot deny your shadow. You cannot deny the dark parts of yourself. You cannot put away, you cannot put away the dark side. You have to, like, incorporate both the light and the dark, the educational and the street smarts, or, like, however you want to look at it, right? Because, like, the Skeksis were incredibly intellectual they were elites they were scientists but the mystics were spiritual religious beings and both of them were without both of them were not complete so that's kind of again like it's it's a weirder way of looking at how you can it's a weird way of looking at like Jungian individuation like how you can complete yourself how you can find your true self but it's the same thing as what Star Wars is telling us. It's the same message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally think that uh, the Dark Crystal and also what we're seeing, this new sequel trilogy of Star Wars kind of come about as, 
you can't like kind of what dark crystal says you can't really ignore the dark side Mm -hmm. and you kind of need both to secure this kind of balance exactly and you know it's always been throughout star wars that it's always either the dark side or the light side you can't they didn't they never really shown that you need both or both are important it's like always the dark side is bad bad you can't have it you have to stay away from it and kind of in the sequel trilogy especially with kylo because you know he is the represent representation of the dark side and the fact that he is we can already kind of suspect that he's going to get this sort of redemption um Mm -hmm. and just that the way that they've been portraying him that the bad the dark side isn't necessarily something evil and should be like avoided and also kind of what ray has been learning as well that you know the force is the dark and the light and even you know luke kind of even said that you know the jedi were were just this air kind of arrogant you know they just let their themselves get in the way and we're just slowly learning that you need both that the force is uh, you need both for balance and even with the dark crystal you know they also show like you need the skexies and the mystics and they'll come together and just kind of complete everything and you know repair the crystal and so like that kind of just shows you where i think this sequel trilogy is going for star wars that we can kind of just assume that's where it's gonna go and i think that's really that's really cool you know especially for like the last saga of the skywalker story Mm -hmm. you know that this is finally gonna be mended everything's gonna be resolved in this really cool way yeah whenever ray feels the dark side cave calling to her when she's with luke and luke's like resist it ray like at this point i'm not um and then ray is just like she doesn't she doesn't even pay any mind to luke that's one of my favorite parts of the movies <laughs> mm-hmm. where he's like resistant ray and ray's just like in her own thing and that's something i really like about ray and ray being the hero of this story because she does have some preconceived notions about the jedi and stuff but she's not so deep into it that she can't see outside of it for example like kylo or ben he obviously grew up in a family with a uncle who was a Jedi master. And then you have Anakin who his whole life he's been taught by the Jedi and what the Jedi think balance is And um, at that point. And so I think it's really refreshing that we have, I mean, technically, um, technically Luke didn't know anything about the Jedi but he was still kind of being taught by Yoda and Obi-Wan who had preconceived notions and then with Rey you have some a scavenger so she searches for things she looks for things that are valuable and you have her looking through this um, obviously this religion and trying to figure out figure it out for herself like obviously she listens to what people say but she doesn't let it like she she wants to follow her own path yeah, which I know that um, Anakin and Luke also kind of did, but not in the way that Ray does, at Mm-mm. least because she doesn't. The Jedi are extinct. It's up for Luke, and then um, she kind of doesn't listen to Luke. She listens to the valuable stuff, obviously, but whenever it comes down to like the Force Cave, she's still she's trying to explore herself. So she still goes in there, even though she and she she doesn't fear it. Yeah, that's one of the good things about ray she doesn't fear either side obviously she just has a good balance of both and she knows that not to let the um you know the dark side win she i don't even think it's a it might be a struggle for her maybe but Mm -hmm. at this point of the story i don't feel like she's shown that she's scared of 
embracing either side and i i don't think she has any reason to go to the dark side at this point but Mm -hmm. i don't know well some so one of the youtubers i watch uh mikey movies with mikey of film joy um he's a pretty big popular one but in his uh like little video about the last jedi he brought up something that i totally didn't think about about ray which was that she has every right to be a villain like she comes from hmm. she comes from like a villain background, you know? Like she's yeah. an orphan, she has power, she has parents who abandoned her. She has like that's why a lot of people still believe in Dark Ray because it's all the signs are kind of there. But at the end of the last Jedi, it really showed us that all she wants is family. Like, that's all she wants. And the only way that for her to actually become a villain at this point, I think, is if, like, Finn uh, turned on her. But that's never going to happen, <laughs> you know? But but she has that's that. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say, like, paralleling Kylo, like, I guess before, like, if you consider his childhood, in some ways you could say the same thing. Like, well, he has every right to be a villain because, mm-hmm. you know, he was kind of neglected in his childhood, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And I guess the thing is that he actually takes that route, you know, yeah, compared to Rey. But in a Star Wars, Kylo's background is supposed to tell us that he has every right to be a hero because he's right. of the that's Skywalker true. line, right? That's the only, like, that's the only thing. That's the only signifier. But that, that's still there. So Kylo actually has, with his signifiers, he has every right to be either but yeah yeah i think that's why a lot of han and leia shippers hate kylo Mm -hmm. because they see themselves they want it they basically like if you're a child when the original trilogy comes out or if you grow up as a child watching the original trilogy you're like oh my gosh han and leia i want to be their child and (laughs) then you actually have his child or on a in a movie and they're like wait no 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 not that no this is not it Because it can't possibly be that. It can't possibly be the darkest sides of me or whatever. Like, people don't realize it's so relatable. (laughs) Yeah, like, even though Leia and Han, they both love Ben a lot. It's just kind of like, sometimes you're just not at the right place or the right time to be a parent. Or maybe it's just kind of like, there's matters that are outside of your hands. Like, Leia, she... She was really preparing the galaxy for, like, another, like, a better way of life. And Han, he felt inferior because he couldn't connect to Ben in the Force way with, yep. um, like, Leia probably could. And it's just, like, it's that whole thing with Leia telling um Han, like, this isn't even the extra material. This is literally in The Force Awakens when The Force Awakens was in, and whenever Han is like, if Luke couldn't reach him, how could I? And then Leia's like, Luke is a Jedi. You're his father. And I think what Ugh. Ben probably needed was for his um, parents mm-hmm. to, like, literally just see him as a person like yeah he's super force sensitive but he still just wants love and all the things people want everything that ray wants essentially and i think that's you know whenever daisy was like um in the vanity fair interviews when she was basically like ray sees ben as somebody who had it all well um to her she she's only gotten 
upon and Leia's love. So she's never seen them as parents. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah she's like, never seen them really fight or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of this whole thing of um, them not knowing about each other's life. I mean, they kind of do. They sense each other's loneliness, but they don't know where it stems from. Like, you know what I mean? They still don't know each yeah. other a hundred percent. Yeah, once they once they you know merged minds and everything, I think, and that's when they you know you started using the bond to understand each other. I think that's when you know Ray started her her opinion started to change a little bit. Yeah, about where Kylo came from because she just imagined while well, you were this. This, you know, per- kid who stemmed from these great people. Like, how are you not happy? Like, how how did how, how did you become this? Mm-hmm. And I think that when she started to realize, oh, you know, it wasn't exactly as I pictured it to be. And then Kylo kind of explains it, his side a little bit as well. That's when her opinion starts to change, which I think, you know, that bond makes it make, it makes the bond important to them. Yeah. And to the story to have to really understand them. Yeah, and like you, like you're saying, kind of like what we're getting at is that it's not really like they're still not completely there, and maybe that comes from the idea of you know when you get to know somebody and you talk to someone and you really get in depth with who they are, it actually doesn't take just that moment. It takes thinking about that over a long period of time to come around to okay, like I think I get where they're coming from because you start to look at things in your life through their lens. And that's when you start to understand people. So maybe, like, yeah, like, Kylo effed up and Ray is seeing that and she's angry at him because she saw something different, you know, when she when she got to know him. And she's disappointed in him. And and vice versa, right? With, with Ben to, to Ray. But mm-hmm. it'll take them to have time apart because of that intense connection they had. It'll take time apart from each other to start looking at things through each other's lenses. And then, you know, maybe that thing that I am thinking about will happen. <laughs> but, I, you know, like they have to start seeing things like through the other's eyes away from each other. And then when they come together, it'll it'll be so much more powerful. And it doesn't help that whenever Ray confronted um, Kylo about hating his father he kind of just pushes the conversation to the side and turns yeah. it on to Ray. And so there's a section of Kylo's emotional, I guess, vulnerability that he still hasn't, like, allowed Ray to see, I guess. Um, um, then, I mean, there was the hand touch scene right after, but I think there's still parts of themselves that they're not willing to reveal to each other or at least when, on Kylo's behalf because Ray's pretty much an open book to people who want to get to know her you know what I mean because she just yeah. craves love and she craves all mm-hmm. those um she craves a family and so yeah 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 I think uh the rise of Skywalker will definitely kind of break that that last barrier between the two yeah because there's still so much about Kylo we don't really know and how he feels about, you know, his family and Snoke and how all that went down. So I think I think the last uh, the Rise of Skywalker will show us that last bit that we've been missing. Yeah. I've been waiting for that for over a year and I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so close. It's know. it's almost under 150 days. Oh so god. It's gonna, oh my gosh. It's going to fly by and especially 
especially with all the material that Lucasfilm is going to be throwing at us yes. b- right before the movie that we're going to have to like dig deep into just to figure <laughs> out little clues, little things and how they uh, pertain to the story. Like I think it'll fly by. Cause yeah. I remember whenever after the last shot I came out and it was still in theaters, my countdown was like at 600 days. Yeah. I still remember when it said like 600 and something days. And, and now I was it's like, on man, the 200 this is days. Horrible. So wow. it's going to fly. Oh my god. <sighs> I'm so like anxious. Like I I know it's going to turn out okay, but I'm still like anxious. Like I'm going to feel so nauseous right before the movie. I already know. Yeah, me too. And me too. Yeah, I think even though we're pretty like certain of what's going to happen, I think at the same time we're just kind of like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just like I almost like don't even want to that's why I want to go to like the first viewing of the movie just because I don't want to hear it from anybody else and I don't want anybody walking out of the theater to kind of just display what I what's going to happen yeah. like I don't, if I see people coming out crying I don't want to know like I just want to go in it's stupid because I look at rumors and leaks but mm-hmm. like for the actual like movie scene by scene like I don't want to know anything yeah you somebody's know? impression is going to make more of an impression on you than the leaks yeah like yeah. yeah yeah i think that's a thing that people like um people were mad at this um i guess media personality on twitter for being like i liked endgame and then somebody was like well thanks for kind of spoiling it because now i know that you <laughs> liked it and i know what you like so i know that it, this might happen or whatever and it's just like you at this point like once the movie starts showing to the press and to the premieres i think we gotta like if you don't want to know anything you just gotta log off yeah i think right before yeah. the last jedi came out they spoiled the shirtless kylo ren scene yeah. i think kyle buchanan <laughs> who was at vulture at the time he was like um something about shirtless kylo ren and i'm and then everyone went crazy yeah all the raylos <laughs> went insane <laughs> Okay, sorry. Let me go back to the Dark Crystal because I still want to talk about Agra. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, shirtless Kylo Ren tangents are accepted around here. <laughs> okay, so back to Agra. So she's someone who has lived a thousand years. Who She was someone who also heard the Chosen One prophecy and she was around through this whole thing. And she kept the last um, lightsaber. I mean, shard crystal. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she kept the last. So basically, she's Masconata, guys. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she was the one that handed Jen the last shard crystal to heal the the dark crystal um, that needed to be healed. So I think, um, you know, some Maz Kanata is probably one of the most important figures in the Star Wars sequel trilogy for like figuring out what's going to happen at the end. Um, I know that she has been kind of underutilized and I don't think she's going to be like the main person that has it, or maybe she will, who tells Ray and Ben what they need to do. But um, I think that there's a reason why she gave um, the lights. She had the lightsaber, you know, and Agra, yeah. there was a reason she had the lights or the shard. Um, I just called it the lightsaber. And um, no. <laughs> so I think uh, in the rise of Skywalker, Maz may have a bigger role to play. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think that I'll um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ty. Oh, no, please tell me. I want to hear because I've read the comics. So there's a little bit more that I know. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I don't really know much about Agra, um, but for Maz, I, I know that she's totally been this kind of, like, uh, she's the one point, like, pointing 
the pointing the main characters in the right direction. She's kind of been like giving guidance to the main characters. Like she's showed Ray, kind of she's been giving Ray like bits of truth and wisdom. Um, and she kind of did the same thing in the Last Jedi. I mean, not she was you know just like a, a just like a holocron like image or something like that. Just like a video um, of pointing which way to go. So she's been kind of this person to point them all in the right direction. So I wouldn't be surprised if she does the same thing in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, may- maybe with Ben and Ray together, you know, pointing them where they should go. Did y'all know uh, that Anakin had a toy of Mas Kanata on Tatooine? What? Yeah. Well, it was like a... What are you talking about? It was I think like it's a, a statue? Or, no, I think that they probably got the image from the Phantom Menace, and then they that's how they kind of shaped Maz. But What? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know this. I've seen it. Yeah, Anakin has a toy, and StarWars.com has kind of um, written about how it was about a pirate, a space pirate woman, and we know who Maz is, so I think that's pretty cool so way to connect. So, are you saying that, that they're the same person? Like, the statue that Anakin has is actually a depiction of Maz? That's what it looks like. Oh my god, I'm gonna look this up afterwards. <laughs> it's really it blew my it's mind really too cool. when I figured it out. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. What were you going to say, Ty, about Agra? Uh, okay. So, like, Agra, apparently, like, so, first of all, the her third eye, so she has, like, an eye on her forehead, which is really, you know, interesting for several reasons. Like, it's the third eye of, like, knowledge, obviously, um, like, symbolically. But also, there's the triangle and the idea of three or... Um, like the odd numbers of the dark crystal there's lots of lots of sim there's lots of symbology there with the with the three combining and the uh i forget what it's called that the great like when the planets align for the light to come down to the crystal the great convergence or something like that hey guys sorry to interrupt the podcast but it's actually the great conjunction not the great convergence sorry about that okay bye yeah, the Great Convergence. Yeah, all of that is like, like combinations of like three and odd, like odd numbers and whatnot. Uh, a triangle and encompassed by a circle usually is what's represented. But on Augur's face, she's got you know, her two eyes and she's got her eye and her forehead, her third eye, and that was actually given to her by the Erskex. So when they came down to the world, like she's that old, like she's been around. Like, she was the one who discovered the Erskex first. She discovered them, and she met them, and they, like, granted her, like, the ability to see, like, uh, the way that they saw the world, the way that they saw the universe. And that's where she got her third eye. And she, um, I think she went in search of the shard when it broke off. Like, she looked for it because she knew it was out there somewhere. Um, But the funny thing about Agra is that she she has so much knowledge she knows so many things but she can't actually solve anything for herself like like her fate and she knows this her fate is not to solve everything it's to she's cursed with knowledge basically so if we look at that through like kind of a Maz point of view Maz is also sort of suffering um she knows everything she can see everything she can see through Finn's eyes, you know, who he is and what kind of person he is. But she can't actually do anything. And that's that's kind of 
it's kind of like it's kind of a tragedy of of the character but also a really important character yeah so kind of she's been around for a thousand years just like agra so yeah she definitely knows some a lot of stuff and i think it was confirmed that maz is force sensitive or she studies the force somehow Mm -hmm. and yeah i think in some deleted scenes i think they show her using the force something like that yeah that it is kind of said that she does know the force and they um go ahead oh i was saying they, they might be on the fence about it because it's kind of one of those characters that they don't want her to they don't want people to start questioning oh but why why hasn't Maz done anything about you know this or that yeah it might have been too much at that point yeah like they knew that they knew they would have to explain all that and then it's like all right well it kind of takes away from the main yeah yeah especially because Maz isn't the hero she's the guide um isn't exactly. there like a an archetype or um doesn't Campbell talk about how there's someone the wise person or something yeah and the so that gets kind of back to like how yoda what like who yoda was like right because it's the same kind of thing um but with with what's funny about yoda's character is so well, there's a lot of things like yoda goes into isolation kind of like luke uh because he recognizes that he was wrong and agra agra has like a same kind of thing like she recognizes that she was wrong about her initial impression of the Earthskex, and she was wrong about some of the things that she went about doing. So she decides to kind of just continue to consume knowledge as opposed to trying to change fate. Um, and I think I think that's what Maz is doing too. You know, like I think that she's she's. I, I would love to see a story about her where she royally f's up, like she really just she sees something one way because of the knowledge that she has and she messes it up and then that's why she decides to just be a part of the underworld of of the star wars universe and not try to save it you know i don't know yeah that's um actually that's really interesting and they have def they definitely made her a thousand years old because they want to eventually tell stories about Maz and her yes. life. Maybe that's someone that'd be really cool. Yeah, like even even if they go like thousands or like maybe like eight hundred years before the prequel era, they could have her in the story. Oh yeah, totally. Like in the new the new like trilogies coming out, they could have Maz like as a young as a young person. <laughs> Young and, and spry. Maybe she's the connecting thread of all the trilogies. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be so crazy. <laughs> they definitely have like they have a lot of room to write about Maz. Like, yeah, um, yeah, like you said, like she, she. We don't know much about Maz at the moment, but it's just kind of like we just like based on everything that we know, it's just kind of easy to assume that she has, um she does know some things like she got that An she got anakin's lightsaber and she knew um to give it to ray for a reason i think yeah and yeah she, she's seen some stuff she was there whenever she realized that ray was having some force visions and mm -hmm. all that stuff and i don't know i feel like maz is such a rich unexplored character that i kind of like i know she's not the hero of the story but i kind of want to know her whole life you know what i mean yeah definitely <laughs> all thousand years of it we need her whole like autobiography like told to us. Yeah, agreed. That'd be really cool. Yeah, and they haven't really like given us that much about her backstory. Really, I don't mm -hmm. think. 
So I wonder if they're trying to save that for us, like a specific time when they can. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Probably the same thing as Ben Solo and any yeah. story about Ray. They're probably going to wait till after the movie's over. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's how they they went back when they wrote the comics for the Dark for the Dark Crystal. Agra was the main character of the comics because that was kind of our oh, wow. yeah, like that was like our you know, our connection with the movie to the book because they couldn't like they couldn't use anybody else really. Like she was the main one, so she she became that she became that anchor. So, maybe they will do that with Maz. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh yeah. I w- I would want to know. Mhm. Yeah, like imagine her like crossing over with other characters she could show up on the mandalorian for all we know that's that's true (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome that'd be perfect actually especially because she's an underworld figure pirate she's a pirate like the mandalorian could go to her castle on takodana like yes (laughs) she'll be like the new like c3po and r2 like throughout (gasps) all like the, the new like material like that they're always present that would be amazing <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> i'd very much like that okay so um kira and jen are actually like super connected even past the dream fasting part of the movie and i think there's a part where the the earth what's what are they called the skexies mm-hmm. there's a part where the skexy is like trying to drain her life essence from um kira because she's a gelfling and whenever they drink from the gelflings um i guess their uh essence they are the skexies they are able to look younger and um this is kind of a tinfoily theory but i think that um oh by the way this is like where i'm gonna kind of go into like the sleeks for the rise of skywalker i think that um palpatine wants to possess ben's body apparently so i think instead of it being kira who i think it's like the rules flip where like ray is more of a in a position with jen and kira is like ben i guess Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. uh and i think if if that is true that um the that palpatine literally wants to possess ben's body so that he could like live longer i think that that would be a good i guess parallel and i know that's tim foily but I mean, and then there's a part where um, obviously Kira dies because um, actually I forgot. Yeah, she dies and then she comes back to life. And um, I think that we all pretty much have assumed that that Kylo is going to die and then come back to life. Yeah. And in the ending, the Skeksis, whenever the crystal is um, healed once again, um, the Skeksis and the Mystics, they join bodies and they ascend. And another tinfoily thing that I think um, um, is that Rey and Kylo are going to be, or are, well, are going to be the missing mother and the father from Mortis. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like <laughs> super tinfoily, but like. It makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, it does. They're- I know a lot of people are like, they're the brother and the sister. And while I, I agree with that to an extent, because certainly Ryan Johnson had the parallels there on purpose, I think a question that 
isn't really asked in the fandom is where is the mother like i think people just kind of uh, just they're just like okay well it's just obviously just the father the daughter and the son and obviously mortis is confusing enough so um, (laughs) i think there's a missing mother and that there's a reason why she's missing and um again once again back to reincarnation um there is the father offers anakin um his his role on mortis to control his kids and I don't think there is any chance of Anakin ever staying on Mortis because Padme, she was obviously his wife at that point. So um, he had an attachment outside of, you know, Mortis. And since Padme wasn't super sen- uh, force sensitive as Anakin, that um, that would have never happened. Like the whole world had to like lose its balance, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and then in like, now in the sequel trilogy we have two characters who are literally the same like they're super strong they're as strong as each other and you can see that through their um similar fight moves and their strength and everything so i think that if you offered ben and ray a position on mortis to bring balance i think it's kind of like that would happen (laughs) that'd be really interesting Mm -hmm. like if you presented that choice to ben and ray like on mortis if if that's what they had the option to do i wonder like what they would choose you know i mean i think ray obviously would want to be able to see her family which is the resistance at this point and i i don't think i don't see a reason why they couldn't visit but i don't know what do you guys think Mm, i don't i don't know i only because like mortis hasn't been literally oh yeah in the movies it's not like it's not fully canon. I don't think. Yet. No, it is. It's it canon, is, it is canon, but it's not like in the films. So, like, not that it can't mm. come into the films. It absolutely can. I just think that, like, the most the most satisfying for me is not for my my two like, you know, my two loves to be, like, god <laughs> goddess. Like they can be, but I'd rather them die <laughs> than to be um forever having to be like the gatekeepers of some kind of that's, you know yeah. heaven oh that's true yeah um, i don't think immortality is that great <laughs> yeah for anyone yeah i don't know if I, I don't know like mortis to me i don't know if there's a solution that exists as it is now like i think that the like i've talked about it at length with marie claire and i still don't really know what i feel about it i think the solution is to either not have a mortis or to allow the daughter and the brother to fight for all eternity i don't i don't know if there's like some kind of true balance that can be reached with mortis but uh, which is odd because that's not where i was last year (laughs) but (laughs) but i don't know like with with ben and ray like i think that they would take that chance if they could be that but i would rather see them live a real life like i'd rather see them like that's true yeah because yeah, it does, it does kind of sound a little boring to be like gatekeepers. <laughs> and like, yeah, definitely. Exactly. What what makes me, what made me think of that is just the whole fact that I think that it's pretty clear that we're supposed to see the Skywalkers as this like, I guess, godlike family. Like, yeah, they are normal people, but they're also gods. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just going to be. I think that will probably kind of be symbolic. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's not going to be like they're literally going to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and also what I, w- I was thinking is because of how they floated up in the sky in the dark crystal mm-hmm. i'm like okay well maybe this is gonna happen where they literally ascend as god beings but um, yeah i i think that maybe it could be represented through them actually like skywalking like yeah. if they skywalked <gasps> Oh, oh, that'd be so pretty. <laughs> because <if laughs> Give me think, that aesthetic, Lucasfilm. Yes. If you think about um, the names in Star Wars, they're pretty much, they're pretty blatant. Like, there's, like, a bunch of names that have, um, that just mean what they mean. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like Han Solo. Yeah. Like, it's not, <laughs> it, it's not something that's, like, um, I mean, there's double meanings to names and stuff, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they held some sort of, like, symbolism within the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Commander Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's that was just a crackpot theory that, um, like, I'll just, I don't know. I, like, I change, like, every time I watch Mortis, I feel like I change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, we, I still want Lucasfilm to explain, like, if Mortis and the World Between Worlds are related or if they're different. Yeah, they're related. But, like, in what way? <laughs> Didn't... That's, I feel like that has, that has to be explained. I think the daughter's but, yeah, familiar that's a whole other thing. was, like, it flew to Ahsoka during the World Between Worlds. You know the daughter's, like, the little bird or whatever yeah. that helped? Yeah. So, I think that... It's just, they're probably just, um, they're conduits of the force. Both things. They're part of the force. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, yeah. that's how they're connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but every time I watch Mortis, I think we're going to have to do an episode on Mortis. We're going to need a whole episode on Mortis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, too much. I feel like I get different interpretations every time I watch it. But Yeah. All right. Is there anything else we wanted to say on the Dark Crystal or even your name? I think we covered like everything. <laughs> yeah, this episode's gonna be pretty long. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for joining yeah. us today. Yeah. I, we really Thanks, appreciate Ty. it. Yeah, this is really love this conversation. It was great. I like talking about this kind of stuff. It's really fun. <laughs> oh yeah, we could like just <laughs> we could literally talk about this all day. Probably. Yeah, we could. <laughs> I love talking about the sequel trilogy and like. Mm-hmm analyzing every single second because there's no coincidences in star wars so yeah yeah totally ty do you want to like give your twitter yeah. or something so people could follow you yeah um my twitter handle is at black underscore tym and you can follow me on youtube on my channels uh wit and folly f-i-t or f-i what w-i-t and f-o-l-l-y awesome yes we'll put that in the description and i highly recommend watching every single ty every single video that ty has made because um the ones on ray the femininity in star wars and ray and her journey Mm -hmm. and all those i know that there's people who like don't really like i think that watching those videos will like help under like help a lot of people who don't see it like understand ray's journey and why it's different than luke's Mm -hmm. and all that stuff so so. yeah every single video that ty's made is like incredible thank you (laughs) 
thank you so much and then much. The, there's the what the force podcast that ties on yeah which is also really great yeah uh yeah you can follow what the force on twitter and it's also on youtube as well um and it's pretty it's pretty easy to find and i'm the co-host on that one and marie claire does a really fantastic job of getting uh pretty cool like interviews with lucasfilm people on there so it's a good one yeah nice check it out <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, Ty. thanks so much for Thank having you. me on. This has been so much fun. <laughs> Thank you for being on. Yeah. Totally. So, all right. Well, you can follow um, Jakku Broadcast at Jakku Broadcast on Twitter and um, on wherever you find podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere at this point. And um, you can follow me at Mortis Gods on Twitter and on Tumblr. And what about you, Melissa? On Twitter, you can find me as Abandoned Porg, and on Tumblr, Abandoned Sock. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, th- <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.